another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. This is what I came for. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move? Where would I go? Quiet! And here's your hosts, Philip Mitchell and Bland Garrett. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, and this is episode 26 of the podcast for August 2016. On this episode of the show, Bland and I are going to continue our chat, this time about the San Diego Comic-Con and, of course, the Funko Reaction figurine. When Bland and I recorded the show a couple of weeks ago to chat about the Funko Pop Vinyls as well as the San Diego Comic-Con, our chat became a lot longer than I anticipated. So because of that, I ended up sort of splitting the episodes and just to give you guys more content uh, for the show... Uh, usually it would be one episode a month, but because of uh, our passion, I guess, for the Dark Crystal that we decided to uh, talk a lot longer, which is a great thing, and because of that, I decided to sort of split the episodes up um, into, you know, one hour long episodes. So I hope um, you've been enjoying um, our discussion. So without further ado, we're going to continue discussing about the things from San Diego Comic-Con and the Funko Reaction figurine. Yeah, we might as well chat about, uh, I guess, you know, what, what happened at um, San Diego Comic-Con. Um, so, of course, yes. probably the big thing was, I mean, um, that that was sort of a, a, from Funko, um, again, <laughs> um, the, the re- from the reaction figurines, there was a uh, Landstrider Gen uh, box set um, that yes, was released. I've got it. Yes, and you've got it in my hands. You've got your hands right on now. one. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so, what what is so sort of your initial thoughts like? You know, I know you probably won't open it, but you know, just from looking at it. And <laughs> well, these are also very easy to open. Um, mm. The box, the well, the boxes. Yeah. So I, very easily, I I was able to pop the box open and I slid the food, the plastic out, the blister. But the Landstrider is um, twist tied. You know, there's a wire twist tie in there, and the furka is taped down. So um, I didn't want to take anything actually out of the blister. So I just kind of left them all in there. I did take some some detailed pictures. Um, I really like it. It's very the detail again is is very nice. Um, the we did notice um, that this Jen, his legs are kind of spread a little more apart than the regular gen figure is going to be. So he actually can sit on top of the, the land strider. Um, that, I mean, that's the reason for that design. So the two gen, like the separate gen on his own, as well as the land strider gen will be two different figures. If you want to fully collect them all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there, there would be some differences, um, between them. Um, I do like the packaging. Um, they designed it all on the classic um, Avivo Hasbro line. Um, of course, it says reaction figures on it. Um, it does say that it's an adult collectible. It's not a toy. And then, of course, you always have to have your age restriction, but it does say age three and up because there's a choking hazard. Uh, but, well, I guess before I go, go even further into the reaction line, um, yeah, my initial thought is that these are great. Um, they were $25 at Comic-Con. Um, so I I would not pay more than $50 for one of these with the Comic-Con sticker. Um, of course, as I discovered, just because it has the Comic-Con sticker on it does not mean that it comes directly from San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. They do have deals with uh, Gemini Collectibles and um, Pop Culture, and um, there's another one. Um, I can't remember the other one, but they do have deals with certain companies to where 
they do send them the Comic-Con exclusives ahead of time and then they're able to sell them during the comic the, during the con. Uh, but those those companies still are at the con. Yeah. So they're still at the convention. They're, there's no deceit in that. But sure. as far as did this truly come from San Diego? No, it didn't. Mine was shipped from another state. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That's not yeah, not a direct from yeah San Diego Comic Con. But it, I mean, I guess it has the sticker. So I guess it's probably the, the so, only yeah. thing that counts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for full collectability, it's all about the sticker. That's the only reason why you would, if you wanted to buy one of these for fifty dollars and not the twenty-five. It's for the sticker, and that's one of the ways that Funko, in in my opinion and others, that it's kind of it kind of is a manipulation. It's it's not really true collectability. There's no there's no variation. There's no limited edition. It it might be an ex- and 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 this exact same figure with the box, but a different sticker, summer convention exclusive sticker was is being sold at toysrus.com. Um I I checked right during Comic-Con because well the way it all the way it all worked was that the night before Comic-Con started, Wednesday night, they announced their full list of all the exclusives and where they are going to be sold. And they finally released that the Landstrider was going to be sold at Toys R Us. So I instantly called Toys R Us and was like, Funko says you're going to have these exclusives. Are you going to have them tomorrow? And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Um, everyone, a lot of the um, pop exclusive sales happen at midnight. So it was another thing. A lot of people were waiting at midnight and midnight came and went and there was no sale on Toys R- at Toys R Us.com. Then um, we checked again at three o'clock because we were thinking, okay, well, maybe they had gone by, you know, New York time and now they're, you know, because that's the first time that it hits midnight in the U.S. and then in California, it would be nine o'clock. So we waited until 3 a.m. and then there was still no sale. (laughs) Uh, But finally, the next day, um, like mid afternoon, they popped up on ToysRUs.com, $25. They qualified for free shipping in the U.S. Added a little bit of tax on there. It was like twenty-seven dollars. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, um, but yeah, and and I guess so. Yeah, again, again, I guess with the differences. Yeah, it's really just the sticker. Just um, the sticker. Just the sticker. And so, um, but that one I will open. Yes. And those yeah. are being released. Those are being um, released and shipped on the seventeenth of August of this month. Okay. And they should be in the stores too. Yeah, I, 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 it's just interesting because I was looking at um, there's a a store like in Australia, um, Icon Collect Collectibles, and they're just like a distributor company of pop culture merchandise, and they actually got the the Jen and Landstrider figurine, you know, um, on as a listing, um, for those pop culture stores to you know if they want to place an order, and um, the ETA that they've got on it is the 11th of August, so, so I'm. So I'm kind of curious whether it's the 11th of August that they act, that Icon will get them in and then ship them out, you know, to um, um right because because yeah. a lot of times if like say say GameStop had the pops as a release date of July 15th, well that happened right at Comic Con. Well, all that stuff, all that stuff goes to the GameStop warehouse and then it's shipped out to the stores. So it's not technically Funko that prolonged the release of the pops. It was actually just the delay of Comic-Con. And and so because they were so worried about getting all of that out and getting it out right because, you know, people people were there when they opened camping out to buy these figures. They had lines out the door before they opened. A lot of stores in my area open an hour early because of because of the summer exclusive sales of Comic-Con it's, and it's all just this big dance. That's it's all Funko. Yeah. Fun- funky it's Funko funky. is what I call them. Yeah. <laughs> funky Funko. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I remember like, I think um pop culture, um, their store based in Geelong and they had the, the, 
uh, San Diego Comic-Con exclusives, but they only had the exclusives with the pop vinyls and not actually any of the, um, the reaction figures. So I was kind of a bit bummed about, um, it, yeah, I don't, I don't think they actually got them in. I don't think so, but yeah, I, but I know that they'll be coming out. Yeah. Around mid to late August at the very latest, um, for the figurines to come in. So that'd be pretty cool. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting my hands on one of them. And yeah. Well, I got mine from uh, Gemini collectibles on the website. And that's one of the main things that they do every year with these exclusives is they'll, they'll have their big listing and they'll sell them all. And they, the prices are a little inflated. Um, these were 35 plus shipping or no third. They were 40 plus shipping. So it was a little, little under $50. And I just think of all those people that bought these on eBay for a hundred and something dollars. I'm just, we tried to warn you all. <laughs> like, and and they're still trying to sell them for like 80, 90. I saw one for 150. I'm like, no one's going to buy that. They can go to Toys R Us and buy one for $25. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think, I guess also, um, with the launch, I guess, of the Landstrider, um, you know, there was, you know, got a list of all the, all the figurines the that got yeah, on the back of the box. Yeah. So I thought that was a bit of a scoop. Um, I think on the day or so before Comic-Con, um, seeing the back of the box and seeing what, um, other figurines are going to be coming out. Um, and I guess probably the big one is that's going to come out, um, is the Gotham, uh, Kira and Fizzgig set um which is a an exclusive for new york comic-con yes october 6th through the 9th is uh, new york comic-con and i'm again i've never experienced collectibles during a comic-con or even new york comic-con but um it should be the same process from what i've heard from that funko group is that it's the same process they'll they'll announce where they're going to be sold they'll be convention exclusives that'll also be sold in stores not just at the com at, not just at the convention so this will probably be just as readily available as the landstrider was um, the the really nice thing about this is that kira ha it's the winged kira so kira has her wings and then fizzgig is a closed mouth fizzgig yeah so it's similar so, to that chase um variant of the um Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> and when you look at the full line, like, of course, with the release of this Landstrider box set, it also revealed the full line. So we now know that we have the Landstrider with Jen and then he is he comes with the Furka and then his legs, his legs are a little further apart so that he can sit on top of the Landstrider. So then and we also have Agra and then she has her her device, um, her triangular device. Um, we've got Jen, his legs are closer together. He's got the shard. Uh, we have Kira without the wings and then Fizzgig with an open mouth. We have, uh, Ursul the mystic. And he of course has a staff. Um, we've got the Chamberlain Skeksy, which is Skeksil and he's got the sword again. So when you look at this full line here, minus the Gartham and the Landstrider, it's the same set. It's the same five figures as the pops. Yeah, it is in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And then exact, you also yeah. <laughs> have the closed mouth fizz gig with the variant. The variant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, with I, the exclusive. I, yeah. Yeah. It probably would have been good if, um, if the, the pop vinyls, um, you know, the Kira fizz gig variant had Kira with the wings like that. Um, yeah, because these are probably same, yeah. <laughs> these probably won't be sold separately in my no. I don't think they will. No. Um and then of course all the the five other regular figures they each come with a a piece of the crystal and so you can stack them all together and make one big crystal. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty and awesome then, so yeah. Yep. The original line did have a pod peasant with a mandolin and a podling slave with a a chain and they are not in this line. So that's, that is kind of a disappointment. Um, but who knows, maybe later down the road, because they do the same thing with reaction. They'll revisit lines and they'll put out new figures. So yeah, we might, but then they won't come with crystal pieces. No, no, they'll just be, yeah, it's own sort of 
figuring, yeah. Because, yeah, like, basically, only the Landstride and Jen and the um the Garth and with winged Kieran Closemouth Fizz gig, they're the only ones that don't have the, um, the, that don't come with the crystal pieces. So, yeah. Right. Hmm. But it would be kind of neat to have your Landstrider battle your Gartham. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people were discussing, like, you know, Kira with the wings. Why is she with the Gartham and not, why is she not with the Landstrider? And, and I, I kind of see, you know, the Landstrider is very impressive. And of course, you want to get land, or you want to get Jen out right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and then Kira, that's the way they escape from the Gartham. From the Gartham, yeah, exactly. So, so when you have yeah. when you have both sets together, you have your Landstrider that can battle your Gartham, yeah. And you have Jen that can ride on top of it, and then you have Kira that can escape with her wings. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It'd be awesome, but then you'll have to. And then you can buy like a couple of make, <laughs> make two fists and pump the air, you know, raise them up in the air, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like, and you have to buy a couple of these land striders and um a couple of gothams and yeah do like a diorama at least, uh, <laughs> at least six at least six gartham yeah at least uh <laughs> well i'd say at least three land striders but you there was a baby land strider in the film or a young land strider in the film so yeah <laughs> But, Maybe uh, they'll come out with an exclusive yeah. young <laughs> baby Landstrider. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, but yeah, like I but think if it's they a, had podlings. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if they had podlings? Then you buy a whole bunch. You'd have a big row of slaves. And these these figures, uh, they don't have elbow joints, and they have like that solid leg hip joint. So they're not super posable, but no. they're very detailed. Yes, yeah. Um, Just based yeah, if you on go to the Facebook at, group, yeah. I did post. Yeah, I posted some close-up pics um, of the Gen and the Landstrider, and yeah, they're yeah, nice. It's awesome. It's awesome. So no, I can't. Um, and I think they're they're due to be out probably. Well, I think later this year. Is there a release date locked in for all the figurines? Or there is not. Um, the Gartham um, and Kira come out uh, October 6th through the 9th mm-hmm. at New York Comic Con but other than that there's no release date set okay. um, yes yeah I would I would have liked it if they had maybe you know pushed out a couple of the figures before New York Comic Con and then pushed out a you know pushed out a couple more afterwards and you know yeah yeah but I don't work for Funko so. no <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll, you know, if we find out any updates about the um, release date for the for the reaction figurines, we'll certainly will be posting it on the um, the Trial by Stone Facebook page. So, um, yeah, so sort of like sit back and, yeah, wait and see, I guess, with with the um, with the dates for the reaction figurines. But, yeah, based on what I've seen on the images, you know, they, they look pretty great. Um, again, the detail is, you know, uh, looks fantastic. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's... It's just yeah, awesome I did, to see them. Yeah. I, I did scan the back of the box um, and posted it on Facebook, but um, I could, you know, I could go ahead and repost that to the Trial by Stone. Yeah, yeah, page, abs- you know, if, if listeners want to look for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess the the big things that sort of happened at San Diego Comic Con, of course, we had you know Funko um, with the uh, Land Strider and Jen exclusive figurine um but also there was a there was actually a panel um the um the publishing world of the dark crystal um that happened on uh, i think i believe on the friday night or friday of the um uh san diego comic-con and um well so, not only did they yeah. have the panel but they also had the signing um with yes, jam lee books, yeah but that also had an exclusive poster yeah, I did uh, see I don't that. Know if yeah. You've seen this or not? But yeah, it's a it's a poster. It's a folded poster. Um, it's got a picture of the Shadows of the Dark Crystal book with some you know information about it. Yeah, and then it does have it does have in the other corner that this is the you know 2016 Comic Con exclusive, um, and it's the map, the updated map of uh, the yeah area of Thra that the Dark Crystal um, stories take place. Yes, yeah, and uh, and so was is this something that you 
how did you get your hands? Was it from eBay or um? Um, a friend of mine friend. that attended the con. Ah, uh, okay. Sent yep. it to me. Yes, yeah. Um, no. uh, and it's it's really nice. Um, it's a, I I do like this updated map, and they talked about it in the panel. Well, I think one of the most exciting things was <clears throat> actually I was working on the map that's in the book. Um, you can see some of it here. Um, illustrator Corey Godby, who did the interior illustrations, um, created um, this map. It was really something that we started working on that Joe did, you know, because we just needed to know where everything was and how long did it take from this character walk from, character walk from here to there. Um, and Brian Froud had done all these wonderful maps, but they're not, they were incomplete and there were pieces. And we um, reached out to the Henson Archives and we got all the pieces and we glued them together and Joe traced over them. <laughs> And we had to illustrate to do it. And, and as we're working on it, and there were things that we didn't even necessarily intend to do. We're like, oh, here's this village that the characters are going to, and it takes us far, and it's by this. And then we coincidentally like, have this, the map, and there's like Gelfling ruins are on this map. And yeah. we're like, wow, this is really exciting that this fictional city that we made up, or like I said, we're living cities, this village, like, just falls exactly on this point on the map where there's like these ruins. So it's. You know, it was like it was stuff like that, really be able to kind of go um, and take all these pieces, because you know. And one of the thing going back to when we started working on the book, um, or just the author quest, one of the big requests we got and we sent off to Henson was everyone wanted the map. They wanted to know where everything was, and and it's yeah. surprising in all this time that no one had ever sat down and created like a definitive map. And you know, what we have now is just piecing together everything that came before, and then kind of dropping our pins in of all the places, you know. Um, where we have it, and then it's also it's a different time. So if you look at what's happening on the maps that are set in the film and the map that's in this book, you know, kind of the evil and darkness hasn't quite spread. So some of the areas that were barren in by the time of the film are big. Joe wrote is like these big lush wooded areas, which initially I was like, "Whoa, you've made a huge mistake here," <laughs> and then he was like, "No, actually, I have this reasoning for all this," and I was like, "All right, that makes sense." Yes, the, the before, yeah, before yeah. the films, the time, it was a lush, gorgeous world. Where they had actually taken um, the old maps of Thra that had been made for the film and kind of pieced them all together and then had overlapped and noticed that a lot of the areas that um, Joe had had already planned out kind of corresponded with things that were in the film. And so they they created this whole updated for the new canon, um, you know, accept it or don't, but I'm, I'm liking the new canon. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all about it. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Like, um, I really liked the idea that they were able to, to, to go back and sort of, um, uh, yeah, sort of redo the map or, you know, use sort of the inspiration that Brian Froud sort of, um, you know, because I know that he did do a you know a version of the map, but I think that was more of a I, w- I would probably describe it more of as as a reference for the for the film crew or the filmmakers just to sort of sort of state where you know how Jen gets from here to there um, and all the you know and all the other places in between. So, um, but you know, it there's is, a really yeah. there's a really nice. Um, not only is there that map, the original map of of the area that the film takes place. With, with all that. Um, but there's also this like whole like little miniature set of the whole landscape with the castle and everything. Um, I could try to f- try to find that somewhere. I know I have that saved somewhere, but and post that on the trial by stone page. Um, well, now that I'm a co-host, I'm going to have to get busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's also really neat to see that small little miniature that they made of the map. And it would be nice if they, you know, to see a a miniature of the updated map as well. Yeah, it would be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was I was really um, impressed by the panel. Um, it was kind of short and quick, um, but at the same time, um, I really like the moderator, um, Hallie. She she seemed really nice, um, and all the things that they brought up. Um, they they seem to be you know, big fans of the Dark Crystal. They all have a, a close tie and connection to it, um, especially Joseph, Joe. I, I call him Joseph, Joe, like 
Yeah, I know. I forgot. I, I think. Yeah, I think I've called him many names on, when I um interviewed him. I think on the first episode of the show, I think I kept referring to him as J J M Lee or like J M. Um, I guess his pen name jo- is J M Lee. And yes, his, yeah. His full name is Joseph Lee, but he he goes by Joe. By Joe, a lot yeah. Of time. Yeah. yeah, and then he has a website which is um joeyverse dot com. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So nah. Um, but he he yeah. himself is a huge a huge fan. Um, it goes it goes way back to his childhood. He had a deep connection to it, and I don't, I also don't remember the first time, but my dad tells the story that I found a whole crow's wing on the side of a road, and I brought it home because I thought it was so beautiful, and he was like. I'm gonna take that from you and put it over here, and you're gonna watch this movie, and you're gonna really love it. And so I watched *The Dark Crystal*, and it terrified me, of course, because that's everybody's first initial reaction. But then after that, I watched it every week, and then tried to get all my friends to watch it because I wanted them to be terrified by it as well. Because then I felt really good about it. Um, and so yeah, it's more of a—it's not really a first-time memory, but like a legacy memory of frightening my friends with it. But that's my memory. What happened to the crow's wing? I don't know. He probably has it cryogenically frozen somewhere <laughs> to bring out at a... <laughs> who knows? The, the thing that I think is interesting about him, too, is that he was a linguist um, major. Like, his, his focus of study was on um, linguistics. Yeah. Um, so I have always written... Um, fiction, and then I went to school for linguistics and found out that the only thing you can do with a degree in linguistics is either research or teach, basically. Um, Although nobody told me that you can also have a job creating fake languages for television series, which I wish I had known, (laughs) but anyway. Yes, yeah, and I I recall he mentioned about that and and saying that, um, like, the the career paths were either, was it... um, continue you know t- teaching it or um what was the other thing or to to write make up languages, make up languages. For yes for movies and tv which shows which is what they did for the dark crystal so that's even a closer tie to the film and the universe is that there's this whole other language that he can he himself has study in and can dive into and that kind of fascinates me too and and i've chatted with him off and on and he's I'm. I trust him with this series. I really do. Um, people, people are hesitant, and people have their opinions. But at the same time, if you haven't read the book, then I mean, you can either read it or don't. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Or you know, I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or even if you you know not too sure about it, I mean, you can always read the first two chapters. Um, I know there was an excerpt of that or the first two chapters of the book at oh, yeah, nerd- yeah. at nerdist.com so you know you know you can you can read that and you know if you want to keep reading it then yeah get the book um that's for certain um but yeah i mean like and i, and yeah. I know everyone has their thoughts on on the new canon and they have their this an- another thing the aspect about it is that this was a contest so not they didn't just have like a few entries. This this wasn't like the fan film contest where they how many how many entries did they have in the uh, fan film? Contest? I think they only had twenty nine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They had hundreds, yeah, they, hundreds of other yeah. submissions. At least I think five hundred. Um, I think last time I yeah when I checked yeah. about that yeah yeah, and that's like five and that's five hundred submissions. So like there would have been quite a few people that probably you know that entered that probably wrote you know a lot more words than what was required for the contest so right so they had a and, lot to and go how through many, yeah how many of them how many of them actually were fans how many of them and and then you also have to think think okay because it was a contest some people were let down that they didn't win or that they didn't weren't a finalist and i understand that and that's that's just how contests are. They're, they, out of all those people, they chose the best one that they felt was fit for the job, and I agree with them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I, I agree. If, like, if I, if really I had yeah. won, if if I had entered in one, people would probably have the same preconceptions about my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I kind of, like, I'll, because when I heard about it, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not, like, a 
like I would be interested in, you know, participating in the author quest, but I think at the time they were, it was only restricted to, you know, people in the US or I think the UK can enter the contest. So, you know, initially I was a bit bummed, but I'm just like, you know, but I'll, you know, I'll hold out for the fan film contest to see if, you know, they'll, um, you know, make it a worldwide kind of thing, which they did. And, um, and I participated in, in the fan film contest. So, um, so that was kind of cool. Just, a, you know, a sh- little, you know, little short well, and, film. Yeah, and so, speaking of, yeah. they um, actually sent out a gift to all the people that submitted um, uh, entries into the fan film contest um you haven't received yours yet but um no not yet no so but, but you I, do know that it's coming right oh uh, well i mean based yeah. on what of you know from um uh jack jack's uh, post on on the facebook oh, okay. and and i think that got shared as well from the dark crystal uh facebook page mm-hmm. um so based on that i'm i'm hoping to get something <laughs> um well, it looks like yeah. it's um it looks like a letter from the henson company with a handwritten um note from cheryl yes yeah and then it also um had a picture of a of a mystic which was really nice um and then it looked like it also had some kind of a seal or stamp or some kind of a i couldn't really tell from the picture but it looked like it might have been like some kind of a official certification for certification for the for the picture being authentically collectible or something i don't know i I couldn't tell in the picture, but yeah, I, I was just I was just having a look at the Dark Crystal um, Facebook page, and apparently they've actually um, done some updates to the website. Oh, they have. Oh. Yeah, if you go, yeah, it's it said take a midday break and fall into the world of Dark Crystal. We've made small but important updates to darkcrystal.com, including canon updates from Creation Myths Volume Three. And, oh yes, finally. And Shadows of the Dark Crystal, and the addition of the fan films with some comments from judges Cheryl Henson and Blanca Lister. I'm curious to see. Yes, the the homepage does now say that Shadows of the Dark Crystal is available now, so yeah. it no longer says pre-order. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, see I don't. Insight. Yeah. I I was just. Curious to see. Yeah, no, I didn't have any notes. I I don't think I'd get any notes. I'd probably just get a. Yeah. Well, we can we can <laughs> over. I mean, we can look over this um, and include it in the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because this is this right now live. Well, not live when you're listening to <laughs> this as a podcast, but live now as we're recording this, we have discovered yeah. darkcrystal.com has been updated. Updated, yeah. And it's been one of those things where I think I even asked about them on, on the forums of where, where they would update those sort of entries to do. I think it was more to do with Creation Mace 3, at, Volume 3 at the time. Um, I had, I had yeah. posted a little snarky thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah about a month or so back where, where I was yeah. like, go to darkcrystal.com for the latest uh, updates on all the latest products and merchandise and news. And yeah, it was, it was being snarky, but yeah, but no, no, it, uh, it, it's a, no, it's actually good that they've actually um, updated the, yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad. the website and yeah. And th- there are notes from, you know, the, the, um, from Kristen Daleski's, um, her film, the promise and, as well as the runners up and some of the other special mentions, so they they've got quotes, nice, nice. so which is kind of neat. Um, yeah, because those weren't even mentioned for a while there um, because they hadn't updated. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. This is nice. This is nice. Um, so now we've got some more resources to dive into. I know. Yeah. I'm having a look. Yeah. Everybody get to class. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, but yeah, well, um, get those, get so, those so, yeah, no, sorry about get, being get those groups going, get those groups going, let's get the discussion started, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, so sorry, I got distracted, but yeah, it's just when I was just looking at the Dark Crystal, um, Facebook page and just saying, oh, what, there's an update, and trying to find out what's been updated, and um, yeah, so no, it's kind of cool, very good stuff, so. So I certainly hope they'll do more updates for the website. Um, but we'll we you know we'll, we'll chat about that. That we could leave all that darkcrystal.com stuff for another episode. Um, so yeah, sort of 
sorry about the distraction, but we'll, we'll go back to no, the, no the San Diego Comic Con panel. Um, it was a dark crystal discra- distraction. It was allowed. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I think the thing I found interesting about um, Hallie's comment um, when I think she mentioned about how they all went and discussed about had a meeting, you know, a while ago about the canon and, and, you know, she mentioned, you know, prequels and sequels and all of the above. And uh, I can say that one of the greatest days of my life, one of them, my son's like, I'm here, what about when I was born? Um, was when uh, I, I, along with Lisa Henson, got to lead the creative uh, great conjunction at the Jim Henson Company where Brian Froud came and uh, Boo Markea was there and all these executives and writers and artists and it was amazing and we really worked for a whole week on coming up with new canon uh, for The Dark Crystal, the prequel. Uh, sequel and all of the above. So, out of that collaboration, uh, this canon went up and uh, affected everything that we're talking about here. Yes, that in, in my in my opinion, the, when she slipped and said sequel, I think that was a slip. And she did say prequel. Well, she said sequels and prequels. She kind of corrected herself, but then she said, and you know, and all that. So there may be more talks of a sequel, whether it be a book series or maybe a film or a mini series or an animated series. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, it did make me thought thought of you know whatever was going to happen to um the power of the dark crystal. But um, I mean, for me at this moment, I'm I'm only going to believe it once I actually like start shooting it. You know, at day one they're on set shooting it. That's probably when I'll believe. <laughs> right, right. When I want to believe. <laughs> well, the, the Henson yeah. Company has already announced that they're working on a new film, and it's not Power of the Dark Crystal. So, um, I mean, as we know, that that sequel has has been put on permanent hold. I guess it's. I don't think it's going to happen. And like I said before, I from what I hear about the storyline, I kind of don't want it to happen. So, the yeah. It just seemed like it was just getting a little too crazy and a little out of hand. Um, just, yeah. But but to get back to this uh, panel, uh, just it was before four people. Um, Hallie Stanford, she is uh, she was the moderator. She announced herself as a super fan, and she is in charge of de- development and production of all children's entertainment at the Jim Henson Company. And that's and like you like you said, her Brian Froud, Lisa Cheryl. Um, she said that a whole bunch of people got together and they spent a whole week outlining this whole new canon. And that, which we'll discuss in a future episode, became the Gelf, Gelfling Gathering, which is, which was the new canon information that was released by the Henson company through darkcrystal.com for the author quest. And this was, yeah, this was basically the main resource that was to be used to write your short stories. And, um, so she announced herself as a super fan and she was one of the people who she said that was one of the most exciting times of her life next to giving birth to her son yeah. <laughs> was to work with Brian Froud and Lisa and Cheryl and all these people on this yeah. new canon. Yeah. Uh, and not, no, and then, well, and then go ahead. I was, um, uh, oh, no, 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 you, you, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say that. And then there was Joe, um, Joe, Joseph, um, Lee, the author of shadows of the dark crystal, uh, which, by the time they'll hear this episode, they would have already heard an interview that you've done. Um, then there was Rob Valoy. He is the um, executive editor of Penguin Young Readers. And then there was uh, Sierra Hahn. She's the senior editor at Boom Studios. And uh, she's basically like the um, go-to source for the creation myths, volumes one, two, and three. That's. I don't think she actually edited those, but she's... Now that she's the senior editor, she's the go-to source for those. As far as the Dark Crystal publications go, that's her tie is on yep. creation myths. Yeah, definitely, and and also I guess with the the future of um, you know, of more um, 
uh, graphic novels from yeah boom studios um slash arcade entertainment um so yeah like i mean unfortunately like you know there wasn't much that she was able to say about um <laughs> about what, yes. what what's going to come up next but i mean she did give us some you know little tidbits i guess um um, or, I mean, it's, or, or it's secrets for now. You I can't know tell it, it's, it, oh, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm bound to secrecy, you guys. Um, <laughs> but I can say that there will be some new tribes and characters, creatures that we haven't seen before. Um, that is all I can say. <laughs> I like but that. it's very exciting. Little tidbits. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And I think um, the the. I mean, for those. Um, they haven't seen the panel yet, yeah, definitely check it out. So if you just go on YouTube and just search for um, the publishing world of the Dark Crystal, it should pop up on the top search results. And yeah, it's, it goes for about, I think it's a half hour video, but it's definitely worth um, checking it out uh, while we're breaking it down. But list, yeah, Listen closely because they, they give little snippets and I don't know how much information they actually did want to say, but... If you listen to some of those slight wordings, like I said before, where she said sequel, you know, was that a slip or was that a mistake or was that a slip? Yeah, I mean, uh, that that could be something like, I mean, maybe the upcoming, you know, graphic novels from Boom Studios might actually take place after the events of the film. Right, so, right. But I, I guess... Cause, well, she said, um, Sierra, yes, she said yeah. that um, there, there will be more from Archaea. They are going to discover, you know, explore more of the wonder of the world of Thra and Dark Crystal. Um, that they'll, they'll explore new tribes and creatures. Yes, yeah. Uh, that she said that the the rollout because it is the 35th anniversary, and we had mentioned this before on on our previous uh, podcast, where with it being the 35th anniversary, maybe they'll come out with some of the similar stuff like they did Labyrinth and. That's she brought that up. She said it'll be similar to the rollout for the 30th anniversary of Labyrinth. Yeah, w- which is um fantastic to hear that sort of um that the Jim Henson company and you know is working along with these um you know the publishers and and all that to sort of expand on um the mythology of the Dark Crystal and and also I guess with the 35th anniversary you know there there is a lot of potential that that they're able to do um not only just from you know books and comic books but they can um also um. You know, I'm, I would imagine that they would uh, release a um, uh, an ultra HD um, version of the film because I know that that's happening with the Labyrinth and that's coming out later this year. So I would, yes. so just based on that, I would imagine that might happen next year. And um, yeah, hopefully, I would think that yeah. that would definitely come out. I, I I I don't see why they wouldn't release no. that no. next year. Um, well, the first thing that popped into my head when she said this was, so there's going to be a, you know, an ultimate photo book, but then I checked and that's a different publishing company. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so. not Boom or Archaea. It's I uh, I can't remember who it is, but that is a different publishing company. The only two things that I found for the new Labyrinth anniversary was, was the new comic, um, well, it's like a graphic novel. And then um, there was like the artist tribute. And those were the only two things that I could find coming from from Boom. So I'm curious to know, you know, what what she's referring to for upcoming. There's there's more coming. There's more publications coming, not just this uh and and I'm going to start referring it. I mean, we refer to it as Shadows of the Dark Crystal, but I'm going to start re- referring it to it as the new Dark Crystal series. Yes, yeah. Uh, because we did get the title of the second book. Yes, we did. And because um, if you if you look at the listing for Shadow, it's Shadows of the Dark Crystal n- number number one. one. Yeah, yeah. It's not part one. It's no, number number one. one. Yeah. So the second one, if you want to reveal. Yeah, of course. I mean it. Well, they announced it at at the panel, and um, James Lee he announced Joe, um, he announced that the next title is going to be drum roll, <laughs> sound effects, <laughs> Song of the Dark Crystal. Um, yes. So, and um, 
Actually, I, I love yeah. I love that title because you know as we as we've discussed before when we went through uh, the roundtables on creation myths, there's always that song keeps coming up. There's that the song of Thra, the song of Agra, the music and just cultural song in general is like so big in this world. No, it's um yeah, it's pretty awesome that yeah we got the announcement of you know with the the title of the second book um they also announced um that Corey godby who did the illustrations the interior illustrations for shadows of the dark crystal that he'll be he'll continue to do the illustrations for interior and i think we'll also be doing yes the front cover um of all the right. remaining there, books no, yeah yeah no longer will, there, there won't be any more brian Froud covers no um, no he's I, I i i don't know I don't know him personally. I've I've met him a few you know a few times and interacted with him and and I, I knew his uh, PR person in the states there for a while and he's getting older and um I think I think he does a lot of the initial um sketching and and whatnot but I think a lot of detail and colorization um, may come from other help. Um, which is which is normal. Um, um, I think I think even Wendy helps him out um, on some pieces. I think she I think she contributed just to some of the creation myths um, covers. Um, but this Shadows of the Dark Crystal cover may be the last Brian Froud cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, which is is sad, but sad, in the yeah. same way is an honor. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, who who knows what might happen, you know, um, next year for the 35th anniversary. I mean, you know, whether he might do something, you know, with um, Boom and Arkea for the, you know, for the 35th anniversary, like a front cover right, for it. But I would so hope that he does, um, you know, because this is... I mean, it's a big time for Dark Crystal right now. We've got this new canon, this new book series. They they just announced that there's going to be more that's coming out. Uh, the 35th anniversary. Um, you know, like you said, there will probably be that um, updated disc digital release, the disc re release. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so it's it's going to be big, and and I hope that he does something special. I mean, I'm sure he'll participate in whatever happens next year. Um, but I'd love to see more art. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I guess like yeah, with the um, with the RK Boom Studios, so with the Dark Crystal graphic novels. Um, I know Sierra did mention that they'll announce some details about it in October. So, so yeah, just got to hold a couple more months to sort of get more details about what what they're going to be. And I guess the 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 also interesting thing that I sort of uh, remember just from watching the panel was um, she mentioned that originally they were going to um, the timeline that the story was going to take place or some of the stories were going to take place during the events or during the same timeline as um, Shadows of the Dark Crystal. I think about 12 months ago, around this time last year, we went to Henson and, and pitched a story within this timeline and then discovered like th that these novels were happening and that they were going to be in that space. So we were able to find a different, a different place to come in. Um, so I think right now this is going to be its own thing. Yeah. Um, but we'll be able to play with some of the continuity that you guys have established, which is really, really cool. Um, I just got my copy last week, so I'm, I got some homework to do. Well, I mean, that's great, too, because, I mean, we obviously, you know, read your guys' books, and mm -hmm. then it's, you know, and it all becomes, you know, canon. So it's, yep. yeah. it is interesting having these two companies publish, you know, stuff at the same time and through Henson kind of working together, making sure that, you know, right. we're not stepping on each other's toes or It's a lot of work, Cheryl, it is a lot Lisa, of work. and but myself I, in Blanca Lista and features uh, yeah. definitely yeah. stay uh, involved with our hands in all of it. It's a lot to manage, but it would be a fun collaboration between you two. Yes. No, maybe we do a hybrid or something. Yes, why not? Let's Ooh. do it now. Let's not tell Lisa. <laughs> Nobody tell her. Like <laughs> we're started here. Yeah, right. Um, which they, you know, later on they realize they can't use it because that's sort of you know, just, um, Jane, Joe's sort of, you know, uh, area of, you know, canon, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they had to find well, another think, spot um, to, yeah. Well, I think Rob kind of mentioned that, um, Rob Valoy, he said that, um, 
that they will be doing something similar. Like they may, they may do something similar to an author quest. So there was an announcement that there may be a future contest of sorts or a, a future book series similar to shadows that may be just a side story or something, something along that same happening at the same time kind of thing. Just kind of, yeah, I remember that that was being one of the yeah, big questions about the, um, uh, yeah, about the, you know, whether they will do another author quest. Um, so they're still, yeah. they're still kind of working out the details and whatnot. Um, Hallie did mention that Lisa Henson is in charge of making sure that all the canon fits and that all this new canon and then it just all connects as, as yeah. closely as they connected it to the old canon and, uh, you know, and then everyone knows my opinion about what you take as fact in canon if it's, you know, or whether or not you can actually take point of view as fact. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, and no, it was, oh, and Joe yeah. Joe will be doing the the other three novels. Yes, yeah, he will be continuing to write them. That was sort of, and that was sort of my speculation that I think that if they did do another author quest, then they might probably do it probably after um, uh, Joe sort of finishes, you know, rewriting the um, his series of books. That maybe they might go, you know, do an author quest to find another author to. Um, write another set of series of young adult novels, um, that sort of thing. But I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, it was a lot of work. So, I mean, honestly, it was a lot of work to do. Um, I mean, just even the setting up of it and everything. Um, it was fantastic. It was a great experience. Um, I mean, like I said, we have 500, you know, entries and it's, you know, just as an editor being exposed to that many new authors was just fantastic. And, you know, and so many great voices and so many, you know, talented people um but no we have no plans to do another one now um you know it's i mean it reading 500 entries it takes a lot of time um you know and you know joe's done such a great job i mean it's you know we just want to keep going with him who knows in a few years we might decide to do some other side story or do something else and then you know bring it back because it was successful and we felt like 500 was you know you know, I think it was a good number. I mean, we had no idea. I mean, we thought some days I thought, well, we're going to get 5,000. Other days I'm like, I hope we get at least one good one. If we're going to get 10, come in, like at least one better be good. And maybe we'll try to find a ringer to put in there or something. Um, but no, it was, it was like 500, I feel like is like a really good number. Well, they mentioned, they mentioned side stories. So if maybe if they pulled together a collection of short stories, maybe if they had an author quest that actually had, you know, instead of well we had the ebook that had the runners up and and jm's short story for the author quest and it could be something like that but an official publication to where it's like the stories of the dark crystal or this well song song of the dark crystal is taken now but the um something along that lines um or, or maybe even a comic series or another graphic novel Probably. series. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think pretty much the, the thing that we got out of the panel is that, um, that you know, they are thinking of the future for the franchise um, with doing more books. Um, um, and I think each book is going to get, be released um, every once a year. Um, yes, next summer is when Song yes. of the Dark Crystal comes out. Yes, so um, so they come out next year, and then I think and then yeah, they'll come out one a year, and um, yeah, so so which is pretty good, and um, and also uh, with the comics, graphic novels are you know they're in at least they're in the development stage right now, um, probably even further than that, who knows, um, but yeah, no, it's it's kind of cool, and um, just um, the, now, I did have a small. Yeah correction that was mentioned in the panel i actually have a correction for myself on the last podcast that we recorded i when i was referring to the book of agra i accidentally said the book of habitabat at one time uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not yeah. taking credit for any of that writing so. no, no. 
But uh, yeah. in the panel, um, Sierra had mentioned that creation myth takes place a thousand years before the movie. Well, that's a very common mistake to overlook. Yes, yeah. But it's actually over 2,000 years because it's actually the birth of Agra and then the arrival of this of the Urskex, and then it's another 1,000 years until the cracking, and then it's another 1,000 years until the movie. So it's actually over 2,000 years before the film. That yeah, it is. That starts out. Yeah, it does span, yeah, at least, yeah, 2,000 maybe. I mean, it, like, the last, you know, volume three, like... like when, when was Agra born before the Urskex arrived? I mean, was it... Because... Was it... It wasn't during a great conjunction, but... No. Was, I, can't really, I don't know if they actually pinpointed that, but it's at least over 2,000 years before the film. Yeah, yeah, because I thought when um when Thry was created, that sort of... I don't know, maybe she was born, maybe... I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we don't, know, we, 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 we don't know how long... Thra has been, you know, existed before she was created. Um, I don't even think yeah. they disclosed whether or not she was created before the Gelfling a- a- appeared or evolved. Um, yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't it that she just kind of happened to s- discover discover them, them and- pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of the way I sort of yeah read it. That you know she walked along the world and. And then encountered these Gelfling creatures, and um, and so she, it could have yeah. been Thra had been around for a couple thousand years, and then gave birth to Agra as an eye to see the world, is the way it describes it. So she was there to witness witness the world, but the world also, in my opinion, could could see the coming. They they somehow it knew that the Urskex were going to arrive and that something was going to happen and that somehow it's like it's kind of hard to explain like the crystal we've kind of established that Thra may be the central crystal of all the other planets that have crystals that kind of connect and can be used like the Urskex used it for to travel like a wormhole or a mass effect. And, um, that throw may be the central heart of all of this. And that it could be that there's some kind of a, how do I explain this? I know I'm getting way off track, but, uh, it's like, there's some type of a thing with the gravity and dimensions and the way that the power of the crystal and how this planet is the central computer source or however you want to call it, that all this stuff kind of folds in on itself and it's all contained right in the heart of the crystal and that somehow it knows the internal structure and brain and power of the crystal knows the past present and future all at the same time does that make sense a little bit i think it's gonna be one of these things where i'm like well listen back <laughs> at the podcast i'll probably listen to it a couple more times to get my head through again. no but no, it, 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 but no it's, it's great insight i mean I, and for some reason i was just thinking about you know imagine like as a book idea if they brought out um like the dark crystal um uh I'm trying to think you know those um visual guides um that gives you like all these really detailed explanations of um, the way the world works or the, you know, the dark crystal works and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, that would be kind of cool, but yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. So, um, and you know, and that's what, that's what the dream fasting Facebook group is all about. If, if something pops into your head and you want to talk about it, post it. Yeah. No doubt about We're it. We're all hungry for discussion. This tangent that I just went on about dimensions intertwining and past, present, and future, you know, post it to the Facebook group, Dream Fasting, like, and we will talk about it. We love that stuff. We we want to see more involvement. We 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 know that you all are out there. We know that you all are reading the posts. We want you involved. <laughs> and just have fun. That's the important thing, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And we do have fun. Like some people perceive some people as being over negative. Sometimes we get carried away with our jokes and the joke just keeps on running and running and running. And people that are new to the group didn't get the inside of the initial part of that joke. And they might think of it as being negative, but really we are, we're fans. We're having fun. If there's a problem or an issue or something really bad is going on in the group, the owner, the moderator will shut it down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a pretty, it's an, it's it's an a, open group. Yes, it is. Yeah. Totally open. You can share the post to other groups. So feel free. Yeah. And so you basically, if you just go on Facebook um, and just search dream fasting, the dark crystal experience, um, that's where you'll find the, the Facebook group um, join up. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great um, group that pretty much almost every day, you know, someone's, you know, there's always a post about the dark crystal, whether it's people doing um, cosplaying and or, or art or um, showing off their, the Funko figurines. Um, Speaking yeah. of Comic-Con. Yes. That Gartham cosplay. Yes, yes. Wow. I know, amazing. Wow. I, know, I know. Wow. He even had the glowing eyes. Wow. Yeah, it, it was insane. Um, like even just, yeah, Ryan Wells, um, who, yeah, I had the opportunity to, to chat with on on the podcast uh, quite a few episodes ago, but um, he, he did Chamberlain. He did, yeah, yeah he did, did the Chamberlain, Chamberlain and, and this, yeah, so this year he did um, uh, the Gotham. Did you see the new one? But the... Did you see his next project? Oh, hang on, which... Yeah, I'm looking at his um, Facebook page. Oh, it's, oh, it's from... Um, Fraggle Rock. Fraggle He's Rock, doing a yeah. doozer. The doozer. The doozer, yes. Yeah, I was trying to remember what character it was, yeah. The doozers, so that, that's pretty awesome. So, keeping up the tradition of doing the and I, uh, Jim Henson, yeah. <laughs> I looked into uh, stilt making and uh, figured out the cost and everything, and was looking into stilt making because I would actually like to do a landstrider or a landstrider type creature. Um, I'm sure it won't be anything like Ryan does, but um, just anything. And then I was talking. I actually start rehearsals tomorrow. Um, for a, a local community puppet um, show that they're doing with a, this whole Lewis and Clark. Um, it's a it's a big U, U.S. The way they traveled across the the plains and the from towards the west and you know rediscovered new lands of the United States. It's it's a whole big United States history thing. But um, I'm, I've been asked to to be one of the puppeteers in this big giant puppet show that they're doing to kind of celebrate this event. Um, part of the event was really now, I know I'm getting off track again and uh, this might make for a long episode, but um, they had this woman um, who had studied the shadow puppetry in Southeast Asia. And she did this whole big, we didn't realize it was going to be this long, but it was this two hour demonstration on and PowerPoint and, um, she had all these shadow puppets, um, like Balinese and whatnot. And then she was showing the Vietnam um, water puppetry. And it was just so amazing. And one of the things that even though shadow puppet in that area, um, it's, a, it's a very religious thing, uh, which is why so which is why it's, it's kept up. It's so many people go to see it because it's part of their religion. And then because it's also a performance for the gods. So there's also puppet shows that are performed that aren't even meant for audience audiences. But um, a lot of the modern take on these is that they're starting to do more modern things. And they did a whole Star Wars shadow puppet show in that same style and tradition and you can find YouTube videos of it. Uh, I think it's a uh, Wei Yang puppetry. And um, well, I could post a post a link to uh, the Trial by Stone page, but uh, just it was so neat to see that in Star Wars. And then you have the two clowns um, of of the shadow puppet in in each production, and they they're the only puppets that have moving mouths because they need to be more animated. And it's like the it's like the modern reference type 
clowns of the show. Well, they did C-3PO and R2-D2 as those two characters in the updated Star Wars version. And it's just, it's so, it was just so neat. Well, anyway, that's, um, that's what I was going to be doing. And the, one of the girls that my friend that asked me to do this, her next project that she wants to do, she wants to involve stilts. Oh, and I was okay. like, oh, yes, let's Sound do like this. Land yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll probably, uh, wrap it up, but yeah, just say, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for, thanks for being on the show and yeah, we'll, um, keep on podcasting for more to come for many more shows to come. Yes. Yes. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for, um, inviting me to be a co-host and, um, like I said before, I urge everyone to participate in the Dream Fasting uh, Facebook page. And, you know, please, if you have any questions for us, anything Henson related, Dark Crystal related, um, a- anything you want to ask me about me personally, if, you know, if if I want to answer it, then I'll answer it. But, <laughs> um, you know, talk to us. You've already taken too long, Delfling. Hurry! At last, the crystal calls. It is time. Time to return to the castle. The crystal calls! To the crystal chamber! Well, that's all the time we have for this month's Trial by Stone. If you'd like to email us, you can do so at trialbystonepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast or on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. If you like the show and think that others would like it too, then please spread the word about the podcast or even write a review on iTunes. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks again for listening and come back next month for more Trial by Stone.